indeed, church, we serve a God who is faithful. He is always faithful. His word tells us of his faithfulness. And let me invite you to open the scriptures with me once again today. As we look at Genesis chapter 16, we'll be in Genesis chapter 16 as we continue our present message series titled, He is Knowing God by Name. And so over the last number of weeks, we've been looking at some key passages found in God's word that convey names or titles of God that help us understand who he is. And so today we come to Genesis chapter 16. If you don't have a copy of God's word with you, let me encourage you to use a pew Bible or look on with a neighbor. And if you're using a pew Bible, you can find this text on page 11, Genesis chapter 16. But on June 23rd of of this year, just last month, uh, 12 soccer players and a coach entered Thailand's Them Long Cave in northern Thailand with water and flashlights and some snacks for a birthday celebration. Before long, torrential rain ensued, driving the team deeper and deeper and deeper into the cave, separating them from the entrance of the cave by approximately one mile. Narrow passageways and jagged peaks and flooded valleys team waited in the pitch black dark for about 10 days to be found. And then another eight days, the final members of the team to be rescued by a team of professionals who had come there from all over the world to plan their escape strategy. The world watched. Maybe you watched with anticipation as a team of Navy SEALs slowly but successfully carried all 13 of them to safety. On Tuesday, this past Tuesday, after the final rescue, the Thai Navy SEAL Facebook page posted this. They said, all the 13 wild boars, that's the team's name, are now out of the cave. We are not sure if this is a miracle, a science Or what? No, we can only imagine the questions that those young teenagers must have considered as they huddled together on an elevated perch, literally licking condensation from the limestone walls in order to survive. Will we ever be found? Do they know where we are yet? Is my future over? Is today going to be the day? Are we going to starve to death in here? Is today going to be the day? Is there any hope? Church, I can only imagine. Really, I I cannot imagine the misery, the distress the anxiety that those boys must have experienced in that dark and dangerous dungeon. And yet even there in the depths of the earth, they were heard and they were seen and they were delivered ultimately under the sovereign hand of the living God. Friends, today we open God's word and read about another character who also felt hopeless and miserable the end of herself, deeply troubled, yet one who was heard, seen, and delivered by God. 
Hagar was her name. An Egyptian servant to Sarah, Abraham's wife. Perhaps you're familiar with this story, but Hagar at this point in the story is now pregnant with Abraham's child, but not by her own choosing. Really, this was a decision that was outside of her control as her masters sought to carry on their family lineage through her since they had long been unable to successfully conceive on their own. And so at Sarah's request, Abraham takes Hagar as his wife and she conceives. And very soon, tension develops. Jealousy, hostility between the two wives and Hagar flees for her life. Treated unfairly, she runs into the desert away from her human masters and she's alone, she's afraid, she's miserable. This is where we enter into the story. So let me invite you to enter into this story with me. Would you stand where you are for the reading of of God's Word? Genesis chapter 16. Beginning in verse 7, the Bible reads this way. The story continues. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael. For the Lord has heard of your misery. Verse 12, he will be a wild donkey of a man. This is what every mother wants to hear about their child. Be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him, and he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. Verse 13, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Be'er Lahai Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Let's bow together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the rich stories that are found in it. We thank you for this narrative that is part of a broader narrative, a greater story, your story, Lord, unfolding. Lord, your story that you have revealed to us. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are a God who speaks. We thank you for you that you are a God who speaks even today. And so, Lord, we do pray that you would speak to us now by the presence and power of your Spirit, by the preaching of your Word, that our lives might be changed by you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The church may be seated. Well, no doubt at this point in the story where we pick up today, Hagar is in a desperate situation. So much so that she has chosen to disassociate from what has probably been a very good life. Living among a rich and wealthy family whom God is clearly watching over and has great plans for. But it's become unbearable for her. She has become an outcast. 
She traveled through this desert. She must have felt hopeless and hurt, lonely and broken. And all alone, she cries out for help, and God hears her cry. The Lord appears to her and says to her, verse 11, You are now pregnant, and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. The name Ishmael means God hears. Hagar, you are to name your son God hears because God has heard you in your misery. Church, God hears our cries. God is a God who hears our cries. He hears our cries. He hears the cries of his people. Every time the name Ishmael would be said from this point forward, it would serve as a reminder of this encounter where God heard the faithful prayers of his servant Hagar. And friends, the same Lord who heard and responded to Hagar hears your cries just as well, just as clearly. No doubt some of you are troubled today. Are you troubled? Is your marriage in distress? Are you experiencing a financial crisis? Have family and friends abandoned you? Have they turned their back on you? Are you lonely or depressed? Are you grieving? Are you broken? Are you sick with no relief in sight? Cry out to the Lord for He hears you. When troubled, cry out to God. When troubled, cry out to God. Overwhelmed with suffering and despair, the psalmist prayed, Psalm 77 verse 1, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. Do not be anxious about anything, the scriptures say. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. See, brothers and sisters, we present our request to God because He hears us. He hears us. And not only does God hear our prayers, but He already knows our every need because God hears our cries and sees our needs. He's a God who hears our cries for help, and He's also a God who sees our needs. I I imagine that this particular encounter between Hagar and this angel of the Lord was a lot like the blinding brightness of the sunshine after being immersed in that dark, damp, cold cave for days. A sudden realization that though she felt alone, she certainly had not been alone. She was not alone. The Lord saw her misery. And he came to her rescue. And so, verse 13, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. In other words, Hagar says, I, a lonely, desperate slave girl wandering in the desert, have met with God. I have met with God because He saw me in my distress and He came to meet with me. And that is why the well was called Be'er Lahai Roy. It is still there, the author of Genesis tells us, between Kadesh and Bered. Meaning, well of the living one who sees me. Commemorative naming. Meant to remind all who pass by that particular place, all who see that well, that the living God sees the trouble of His people. But you, God, the psalmist 
praise. See the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Folks, God is a God who hears, a God who sees, and a God who has mercy on the hurting. Are you hurting today? Do things feel like they are spiraling out of control? Do you feel like you have been waiting on God to show up and to intervene, to restore, to heal, to make things right once again? Oftentimes the waiting is overwhelming. God's timing and ways are not always the ways that we might choose, but because of who He is, we can trust the wisdom and ways of God. We can trust the wisdom and ways of God. He's trustworthy. Great is His faithfulness. He is always faithful. We can trust His ways even in the desert. Even when tomorrow is uncertain. Even when today feels hopeless. God is wise. And His ways are good. You know when that pioneer missionary and that incredibly gifted theologian the one we know as Paul, the Apostle, when he considered and wrestled with some of the, the deepest truths of God, the most difficult truths about God's ways, and I think he penned many of these in Romans 9, 10, and 11, but when he wrestled with these truths, he readily admitted human inadequacy to understand fully God's wisdom and ways. And so he bursts into these words of praise found in Romans chapter 11. After considering all these difficult things, he says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who, who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Friends, there is no one like our God. There is no one like the living God. We can trust the wisdom and the ways of God. Friends like Hagar, some of you are feeling alone today. Some of you are wondering why today. Some of you are sick. Some of your souls are sick. But no matter the source of your pain today, there is hope for those who cry out to the Lord. For He is a God who hears our cries and who sees our needs. And this very same one, this God who hears our cries for help, The God who sees our needs expects us to cling to hope. He expects us to cling to hope as we practice fervent prayer. God who hears our cries and sees our needs expects us and gives us every reason through the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ to cling to hope. To cling to hope as we practice fervent prayer in the midst of distress. You see, in this story, in Genesis chapter 16, Father Abraham is not the hero. Here, he's not the faith practitioner he is in other portions of this story. No, here, Hagar is the model of faith. She's the example. She's the one who clings to hope as she prays. The one who returns home and tells her husband all that had happened so that the naming of their son Ishmael would serve as an expression of their faith in God. And a reminder of the God who sees, hears, and responds by coming down to meet the needs of His people. Church, did you know that God is here today? He is here. He is with us today. 
this, this very same God, the God who sees, the God who hears, the God who just is, the one who is the Almighty One, the Lord who provides, the Lord of armies, He is, he is here today. His Spirit is convicting and comforting and, and guiding. He, he sees us and He knows our needs. And yet even though I walk through the shadow of the, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. God, you're, you're with me. I will trust in you. Because, because God is with us. Let's, let's rest in the knowledge of his presence. Let's rest in knowing that he is, he is with us through highs and lows, through joys and valleys. He, he is with, let's rest in the knowledge of his, his presence. He, he is with us. He never leaves us. Never forsakes us. No doubt there have been a lot of how are you's and I'm goods exchanged this morning. This is what we do. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? You know what I'm talking about. It's, it's part of what we say. We can put up a pretty good facade with one another, but the Lord sees beyond the facade. He, he knows the truth. He, he knows what's really going on. For he knows all things. He sees all things. I read some of this story this past week to my daughter, my seven-year-old, Kinsley. And I, I told her that God saw Hagar. He saw her when she was sad and lonely in the desert. And this is because God sees everything. There's nothing that God does not see. And she thought about that for just a minute. And then her eyes got rather big. And she said, that's creepy. And her response is not all that different from King David's response in Psalm 139 when he considers this truth. But David prays, where can I go from your spirit, God? Where can I flee from your presence? Lord's God, you see too much. I want to get away. Your presence, your eyes, they're too invasive. And then David considers this truth a bit further. He continues. And he realizes, no, if your faith really is in the Lord, then there's no more comforting truth than to know that He is with you. That He knows all things and that He never leaves you. So he continues in his reflection. Psalm 139, verses 9 and 10. He says, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, or if I come up with the sun millions of miles to the east, or if I settle on the far side of the sea, the Mediterranean, See the sunset in the west, millions of miles to the west. If I travel as far as I could ever travel, to the east or to the west, no, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Friends, as you cling to hope and prayer, cry out to God in your trouble. Trust in His wisdom and His ways. Rest in the knowledge of His presence. And last but most certainly not least, claim the new name God now gives to you. Claim the name. Claim the new name that God gives to you. You see, the Lord saw Hagar in her misery. He saw Hagar and he came down. And what followed in this story was the giving of names through which people of faith would know the gracious provision of God. And likewise, my friends, the Lord has seen us in our misery. 
He has seen our trouble. He has seen our distress. He has seen the hopeless situation that we were in. And He has come down and He has given names through which we would know His gracious provision. Genesis chapter 16, it is the God who sees me. John chapter 1 verse 14, He is the Word who became flesh and made His dwelling among us. John chapter 1 verse 29, it is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 10, verse 10, He is the Good Shepherd. Chapter 12, verse 12, He is the King of Israel coming to save. And chapter 14, verse 6, He is the way and the truth and the life. John chapter 20, verse 31, He is the Messiah, the Son of God, who is uh, the name, the one, by, that by believing you may have life in His name. Revelation chapter 1, verse Eight, he is the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come. He is the Almighty who will come again for those who bear His name. That's His name. That's who He is. That's who God is. That's His name, you might say. But what name has He given to me? Who am I? Who, who does this Almighty One say that I am? Well, let me tell you. He says in Christ Jesus, Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, You are all children of God through faith. Brothers and sisters, believe it. He says, you're my children. Who who are you? You are children of God. Verse 29 of the same chapter. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. You're spiritual offspring, spiritual descendants of the father of our faith. You are heirs according to the promise Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He says, but you believers are a chosen people. You're a holy nation and a royal priesthood. You're God's special possession. That's who you are. Believers, you are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people. How's that for a description? Once you were nothing. Once you were nobody. You were not a people. Now you are the people of God. That's who you are. The people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Friends, if you've cried out for the name of Jesus to save you, if you've cried out for the Lord of all to save you from the misery of your sin and your guilt before this holy God, then the Lord has heard your cry for help. He has seen you and He has poured His abundant mercy on you through the cross of Calvary. And He has claimed you as His very own. He's given you a new name. The Testament book of Acts tells us in Acts chapter 11, verse 26, that at Antioch, as the gospel spread, the disciples were called Christians. That's where the name began. Label began. Christians. Little Christ. Because the world noticed that they were acting like Christ. Are you acting like Christ? Do do you follow Christ? Do, Do you bear the name of the Savior? A reminder to you and those around you and to the rest of the world that the Lord has seen you in your misery and He has delivered you and He will return for you. Could you join Hagar and say, the Lord found me in the desert. 
the Lord found me in the desert. I have seen the glory of the Lord and soon I'll be going home. Amazing grace, right? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. I was blind, but now I see. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. And when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we'd first begun. Because the Lord saw us in our helpless estate. He saw us in our misery, and He responded. He came down to save us. May His name be praised in our lives, through this church and this community, to the ends of the world, forever and ever, for His glory. And Father, may it be so. Lord, may... May we know and follow you. Lord, may you continually remind us that you are a God who rescues. Lord, that you are a God who graciously provides. Lord, that in your sovereign mercy, you intervene for our good. That you hear our cries for help and you see us and And you pour your abundant mercy on us. Father, remind us of these truths. May we respond to them. May we respond to you. May we exalt your name in all that we say and do and think now and for the rest of this day. Lord, we pray that you would work in our lives. That you would draw us to you. Or that you would point us to your unfailing love. Your great faithfulness. What is we sing of your greatness and your grace now, Lord? We pray that your spirit would fill us and guide us. Give us a, a joy that only comes from you. Father, convict us, comfort us, encourage us. Shape us by the gospel. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.